welcome to Dads with Daughters. In this show, we spotlight dads, resources, and more to help you be the best dad you can be. Welcome back. This is Chris Lewis, and welcome to the Dads with Daughters podcast, where we bring you guests to help you be active participants in your daughter's lives, raising them to be strong, independent women. Today, I'm really excited to be able to bring you a dad that we haven't had on before. Chaz Carrillo is with us. He's a father of five daughters. And I thought as a dad of two daughters, that was a lot. Dad of five daughters. So we're going to be talking about being a father of five daughters, what that's like. But we're also going to be talking about, because Chaz works in the insurance industry, we're going to be talking about what it means when you're looking at having a teenage driver and what you are going to need to be thinking about as your your team gets ready to drive and what you are going to want to have in regards to insurance to be able to make sure that they're safe. Chaz, thanks so much for being on the show today. Yeah, thank you for having me. You know, I am so excited to be able to talk to you about fatherhood. We've talked about a lot of other things in kind of our professional world and seeing you and in my professional world, but we have never talked about fatherhood and being a father of five girls. I want to delve a little bit into your journey of being a father. So first and foremost, you have kids that range the gamut start from 14 all the way down to very young. So talk to me about that 14-year-old that you have. Think way back. Tell me about that first reaction that you had when you first found out that you were going to be a father to a daughter. Surprise, shock. We had kind of a life plan of maybe being married for a full year and then starting to have kids, but it ended up that we got pregnant early. So we, we were about three months into our marriage when we got pregnant. So we found out about four months after we got married, they were pregnant, having a baby. And I was like, okay, we're doing this. All right. This is exciting. Let's make it happen. We always wanted to have a slightly larger family. So it wasn't a question of if, but when, and God figured out the when for us. So as your family continued to grow, you continued to have daughters in your family. What is it like for you to be a father to a daughter and multiple daughters. I will say that I thought it'd be easier because I, I did it before. So, you know, finding out the second child was going to be a daughter, I was like, I got this. I've done it before. We got it figured out. We've got the stuff. We've got the clothes. You know, it was kind of relieving in a way because it was just could do the same thing. And then it turns out they have different personalities for some reason. So, so she was a completely different person. And then I had to learn her. And then when we found out that we we're having a third daughter, I'm like, okay, I got this. We got these two different types of people. I can deal with those. I know how they work. And, you know, for some reason, every time it was a different person, which is great. And their uniqueness is something that I appreciate. But it's also, it's also very trying as a parent just to kind of, you know, try to adapt yourself in the way that you instruct and criticize and reinforce things it has to be different based on those personalities. It can't be a generic kind of overarching way of parenting. It, it has to be unique to those kids. And so while that is, that's the proper way to do it, it's also super frustrating because you have to think about who you're talking to and how to talk to them and and really take in consideration the situation and who they are every time, which, which I don't pretend to do all the time, but I, I do attempt to do several times. I hear you there. I Even with two daughters, you have to think about their unique personalities, what makes them tick, what inspires them, what motivates them to be able to 
to help them to be the best people that they can be in their lives. So as you think of the time that you've had with your daughters thus far, I'm sure that there's been many, many times that you've had some really memorable experiences that you've shared with them. Can you share a couple with us of some of the most memorable experiences that you've had with your daughters thus far? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I'm thinking about more of kind of life lesson stuff first. And so my my Charlie, so the most middle child in number and also in personality uh, is Charlie. And she's um, she's 10, actually. So Charlie's the middle kid. And she was a very interesting baby, super independent kid in general, I'll just very kind of go get her, do, do what she needs to do. doesn't need a lot of help. And, um, she didn't really take instruction well though. And, and everything was really hard for her to do. And she just would make excuses and she'd find problems in the midst of doing whatever she's supposed to be doing and complain about things. So I remember one time it wasn't gratifying at the time and it wasn't really that funny at the time, but uh, looking back on it, I feel like it is. And that was, I asked her to take out the recycling. I don't remember how old she was exactly, but it's a task that doesn't really require a lot of physical energy or effort. But for some reason, she just didn't want to do it. So she kept complaining and coming up with excuses. And so I spent probably 45 minutes not doing it for her, but just explaining to her how to do it. If she had an issue, I would tell her, you know, that's not an issue. You can easily get around it or through it. And that 45 minutes was super painful. And then afterwards, we had a conversation about, did we really need to spend 45 minutes taking out the recycling? I mean, did it really need to be this like this? So that, you know, that's something that stuck with me for a while. And especially because she's she's really turned that independence kind of mindset into something that's less selfish and more forward thinking than when she was younger. And so I, I just look back at that like that was, you know, painful at the time, but I think super useful for her just to for us to be diligent in making sure that she would follow through on something that she needed to do. Like you said, there's a lot of different times and and the kids, their personalities change to me, the, I guess, the perspective on what those things are. Um, I'm trying to think of how to tell this personal story without offending or, or kind of revealing too much, but I'll say what I can about this. It happened more recently with Sophia, my second oldest, who's 13. And she basically, without trying to take all the details out, I mean, she found out about a personal information, you know, a medical situation with, with a relative that was going on. And without thinking, she just offered, she offered her body to help that person. And it like, it just was, it like, you know, it obviously made me cry. I have a lot more tears now that I'm a dad, which I'm okay with. But, you know, just the way that she kind of threw herself into the situation and said, hey, this isn't a big deal. I'll help you with it. And I did tell her that that isn't really possible or a good idea right now. But regardless of that truth, it was just kind of her willingness and eagerness to just address it and make it go away it was, was really selfless. And really, I, I don't know, it, it blew me away. And it, again, gave me gave me a couple hours maybe of tears thinking about it. So, you know, when and I'm trying to think of Lily, but who's my oldest, but I guess I would, I'll say this is that, you know, with Lily, I've made, always made it clear to her that I expect more from her because she's the oldest. I expect her to perform better and do better and, and be the older sister to all the girls. And I can't think of a time where I've ever been disappointed in that which is really is really saying something. I mean, this year, it's her first time at school. She's going to Lansing Christian. We were previously homeschooling and 
I don't know why we picked this year. It did seem a great year to stop homeschooling because uh, now we're technically homeschooling the kids that are even going to public school. So we decided that ahead of time. So Lily's a freshman in high school. She's going to Lansing Christian. It's the first time experiencing that type of schooling and and she's got straight A's like and she's like so proud of that she's kind of grabbed onto this kind of challenge of of making sure that everything is everything is excellent and focused on doing things the right way and she's never applied herself that way to school before and so it's been really encouraging it's also i've been trying to kind of undo my critical deadness too of trying to figure out how to complement that in a way without like backing down of, of making sure that I'm always challenging her. And so my mindset with Lily specifically has always been very encouraging and challenging at the same time, but definitely more on the challenging side, just because she's got so much potential and so much focus. She's a very structure-oriented thinker, and she's a problem solver. And so I've been trying to figure out how to ways to back down that challenging to be more encouraging because I don't verbalize that enough with her, and, and it definitely affords it. And with all the kids, I feel like they do a great job of, of making sure they're working hard, focused on other people, not just themselves, as much as kids can can do that. And I don't know, have a lot of common sense. And so I'll tell one more story real quick, which is about my three oldest helped me. I was organizing an event for a nonprofit and they gave me a couple workers to help me get some prep, some food and get ready for the event. And then they had another couple of employees help me, help me with setting up stuff. My kids were so effective at doing this work that when they're like, Hey, do you guys need any extra help? Like I, I was sending people away because my kids had so much common sense and I didn't have to explain things to just tell them to do something. And then they would figure out a way to do it and solve the problem. And so it was, it was interesting after that, you know, I definitely thanked them. I talked to my wife, Nicole about it. And I was just like, you know, it's just, it's amazing to me that they're so effective at doing things. And, you know, these people that are in their mid twenties, I couldn't really trust them with getting anything done. I had to give it to the teens, the teens and tweens to get, you know, to get accomplished, but, but they just have, they have that. And, and, you know, I, I feel like in that way, I'm, I'm just really lucky, you know, five, five kids of any kids, I'm sure is a lot of work, but I think our, my kids just make it easy for me because they're just good kids. And I, and I, I, I think a lot of kids are great kids and good kids, but I just, I feel like I got lucky. So it's not as much work as it should be. I love that. That definitely shows the character of the child itself, as well as what you've been teaching them as parents to be able to to be givers to others. And as you've been raising your daughters today in today's society, what would you say has been the hardest part in being a father to a daughter today? That's a very good question. Man, I'm thinking about a bunch of different things. I I don't know if it's specific to daughters. My first, I guess my first thought is, I guess, more to be married to the truth and really call out things that aren't aren't correct or, or aren't right and trying to be objective about whatever that situation or that thing is. I think right now there's a lot of concepts, ideas, and cultural pull towards, I think, kind of being, I think, being emotionally immature and bipolar when it comes to different topics or subjects. I think it's really important to to try to be objective and not make excuses if you're, if you do get married to an idea or a concept, but try to be objective about what that is and how that, how you're affected by it. That's definitely not not an easy thing to do. And it's not something I can claim to do, you know, perfectly 100% of the time. But I think it's something that I, I really try to have them strive to to think about. Uh, and I try to strive for myself to think about, I really believe this, but is it true? Or I really feel strongly about this, but there's new information that's different than what I thought. 
am I going to let that affect me or am I going to just hold on to what I want? And outside of something specific for, you know, for girls, I would say that having kind of a belief and concept that they, well, and, and again, I don't know if it's specific to girls, but I would say that they aren't, nobody owes you anything, not because you're a part of any specific group. Nobody owes you anything, not because you're, you should be elevated because you're a part of a specific group. In the real world doesn't work like people's perceptions of how it should work uh, all the time. And so if we're responsible for ourselves, we have to start, we have to start working on ourselves before we can overtly try to try to change anyone else. And so being more responsible for who we are and what we do is really important than trying to change the world or trying to focus on what's wrong with everyone else. There's definitely some movement towards people identifying themselves as being a part of groups and then having those groups give them an advantage or disadvantage in the workforce, in their social life, in their education. And we don't subscribe to that concept. We want to earn it. And um, and I think part of that is, you know, probably comes from from my background, my parents were both Marines. And so there's no excuses. So the Marines have a saying, which is, which improvise, adapt, overcome. Plans change, but don't change your vision. And so without being, again, so, so focused on married to a concept, but marry yourself to goals and where you want to go with things. That's perfectly fine. There's also a quote from Daniel Pink, which I subscribe to, which is persistence almost always trumps talent. So we aren't claiming to be the smartest or the brightest or whatever, but I will be upset with the girls if they aren't trying their hardest. And so that's something we're extremely focused on just to make sure that we aren't going to get outworked. And I mean, from coaching them, at, you know, in sports, even as they were little kids, to the conversations we have now, uh, that's one thing we always focus on is is persistence and, and effort uh, towards a goal and towards what you want and towards a holistic goal, too, not just something that's short-sighted. I think that when we're talking about raising daughters, that there are many challenges. I mean, there's not only challenges in regards to parenting any child, but father raising daughters in today's society and, and really, I guess, in any time in society, we have to overcome some of our own ineptitude to be able to understand the experience but also overcome any fears that we have in raising daughters too. And I think you've talked about both of those aspects because we have to do that as men to be able to help our daughters to overcome anything that is thrown at them. And I love the analogy of the Marine and the Marine um, analogy, because I think that that's a, that's definitely something that if you're teaching your daughters that throughout their lives, that they will continue to push forward toward achieving the goals that they have in life. Now, you are in insurance uh, with the David Chapman Agency in mid-Michigan. And I know that one of the things that you and I were talking about earlier before we started today was about the, in Michigan, there was a lot of changes to insurance. But on a broader scale, all of us as parents have to be ready because time is fleeting and your kids are going to get to a point where they want their independence. They want to be able to have a car. They want to be able to drive your car. They want to be able to go and do things. But as someone that just went through this myself, because I have a 16-year-old and a 13-year-old, and my 16-year-old got her license when she turned 16, got a car, ended up buying it herself. And we had to work with an insurance agent, look at all of the different factors and try to figure out, okay, based on what I know that I need, 
you know, as an adult and based on, and as, as a 16-year-old, what does she need to be able to be ready to drive and be safe and, and such? So I'm sure that you have parents that are coming to you kind of bewildered as many of us probably are at that point in time, because it's a whole new phase in the journey of parenthood. What kind of things do you talk to those parents about in regards to what kids today need as they're branching off into that independence for themselves and being able to drive for themselves? Well, obviously, you definitely want responsibility to be a a part of that journey, I'm sure. But I know that it's been an interesting year. (laughs) And one of the things that came out this year was that all of those auto law changes, you know, primarily I work with a lot of business owners and and professionals and entrepreneurs, but I found a kind of a niche uh, for, you know, the personal auto policy for people with young drivers, whether they're high school or college. And one of the things that I found that was very helpful is actually the type of agency that I work for is going to somebody who is independent that has multiple options, especially for young drivers, because young drivers are, they're a high risk situation. I mean, actuarially, you know, if you look at the math, basically from 16 to 22, you're going to, they're going to hit two people or two people are going to hit them. It might be going one mile an hour in a parking lot, it might be going down the highway. We don't know, but the numbers are the numbers and they're, it's going to happen. So from an insurance standpoint, since all the premium, the cost that you pay for this insurance is based on those actuary numbers. That's why it's, it's more expensive and to have more options that might give you some advantages depending on, you know, the carrier that you pick is really important. So going to an independent agent is great. You know, it's nice that at David Chapman agency, we have about 25 carriers that we can compare when it comes to any auto rate on the personal side, uh, compared to like a small town independent group that may have three to five. Uh, That being said, uh, right now I've got a lot of cool programs that involve a discount based on education. So a three to five hour class that you can take online, I should say your kids take online. And for that, they get a discount of maybe, I've seen it anywhere from the low side, about 280 to $600 a year for their insurance uh, for having that class. And honestly, that's something that that they probably should take anyway, additional to the regular driver's ed that just talks about controlling yourself, being in different situations, and it's a little bit kind of a, a plus and additional class to regular driver's ed training. There's other options as far as making sure that they are covered correctly if they live with you or if they're all gone away to college. There's some differences under the new law that make that distinction really important. And if they also, if they should, if they should, even if they're living with you, if they should have their own auto policy, that should be under consideration too. Because in some cases it makes sense to split that out. You know, if you really want to pay that bill still, I'm sure you can still pay it, but sometimes it makes sense to break that out into a different policy by itself. You know, last week I just helped somebody, an 18 year old that moved out of the house uh, with, with uh, you know, out of his parents' house to an apartment East Lansing is finally on his own and actually ended up being cheaper on his own at 18 through a local company than, than with his parents on his parents' policy where he currently is. So it just makes sense to kind of evaluate those options. And as a young person, especially the health insurance that's built inside your auto policy, what's also called personal injury protection, is really important to make sure that's lined up correctly so that they, if they have a, you know, a very serious injury, that they'll be covered for the lifetime of that injury through that auto law. So to make sure that's set up correctly is super important. And then just make sure you have your best pricing options because 
I know I'm kind of coming up to that time too. My oldest is going to be, yeah, it's going to be getting a driver's license soon. I don't know how I feel about it. I, <laughs> it's, it's interesting. You know, it's, I feel like there's in some ways I, I'm encouraged because it's a way for her to be responsible in a different way. And, and as I see that in other ways, I'm terrified because I feel like she's such a rule follower. I feel like she's going to be, you know, the person on the highway going 35 because she's, you know, just she, it feels fast. And so I think somebody's going to hit her just because <laughs> she's following the rules too much versus my second child, Sophia, I'd be more concerned about her hitting someone. She's a little bit more reckless with decisions. So, and again, based on personality, that'll probably change as, as we go through all the kids. But, but yeah, the first one's going to be hard. It's going to be hard mentally to be okay with her not being with either me or my wife and out on her own on the road. It just doesn't make me feel good. I hear you. I think the first time we saw our daughter driving away in her car after after she had her license, there's always that that moment of fear. And, you know, you have to have those conversations about, okay, you've got to text me when you get there. You've got to tell me what's going on, you know, not texting and driving, you know, all those conversations that you have to have. But I love the fact that you talk about the fact that looking at independent agencies that can look at multiple different carriers because it is it is expensive. I can tell you that from personal experience that you look yeah. at the cost of insurance for kids versus what you're paying in insurance and your your rate can double. Oh yeah. And so I mean it's it's been a great situation for me to come in and help people that maybe are just transitioning or have tra- you know they have one kid but they're getting the second on and they're just sick of paying the higher rate. I mean we definitely aren't cutting corners as far as coverage, but we are one making sure that we can line them up with the best companies so that they get the best value, but they also get the coverage that they need and their, their kids are protected properly. And I'm sure that some of those conversations also go down to the vehicle that they're going to drive and how much insurance do you really need on a vehicle, depending on how old it is and so on and so forth, that you have to have those kind of conversations too, not only insuring the driver, but insuring the vehicle and having those type of conversations. Yeah, absolutely. Um, actually, I just did that last week. I'm trying to convince, he hasn't decided yet, but I'm trying to convince him to not get coverage on a 2007 Ford Econoline with like 300,000 miles. And I'm like, dude, like we're going to give you like $1,200 for it. And it costs you $1,200 a year to insure it for the year for physical damage coverage to have, you know, full coverage on it. I'm like, why? Like, just save the 1200 Good. Like, <laughs> it's not worth it. You know, it's, uh, I mean, if you want to give me the premium, that's fine. But I'm like, I just don't, this just doesn't make sense. Definitely not an easy thing, but definitely important to have those conversations, not go it alone and feel like you have all the answers because none of us have all the answers, whether it be in regards to parenting, whether in regards to insurance, whether in regards to others, utilize the 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 experiences of others, utilize the professional experiences of others to be able to help you with that. And I appreciate you sharing that, Chaz. Now, we always finish our interviews with what I like to call our Fatherhood Five, where I ask you five questions to delve deeper into you as a parent, even deeper than at the beginning. Are you ready? All right. I'm ready to go. Okay. In one word, what is fatherhood? Engagement. When was the time that you felt that you finally succeeded at being a father to a daughter? I, I feel like I'm only thinking of times I failed. So <laughs> I will say one of the first times now I'm thinking of, of of Lily and Sophia more is I am very squeamish. Like I'm not, I've got a weak stomach and, you know, throw up and poop and all that stuff is not, can cause me to gag and throw up myself. So I remember there was a whole day where I took care of all of that, the throw up and the poop. And my wife was not available to do that. And I was not working at the time. 
And so I felt like at the end of that day, I didn't get sick myself. I thought that was like my first big dad win. I did feel completely hopeless though. At one point where I was holding a baby and Lily was on her toilet and I was on a toilet because I couldn't, I, like there was no other way to put the, like I had to, I had to go to the bathroom with all the kids. <laughs> there was no one else there. So that moment felt helpless, uh, but we made it through. I never got sick that day. I felt like that was a really good dad win. And you have to hold on to those dad wins because some some days are more challenging than others, but you definitely get through them. How would your kids describe you as a dad? I think they would say tough. I think they would say, and actually they recently did this for something that for a school project, they said tough, hard worker, and I think huggable, I think was another synonym that used, descriptor that he used. <laughs> side like i like hugs they're as much fans of hugs and so i think that was more of a a dig on me like saying that, yeah he likes hugs i don't know that i want to go there all the time but <laughs> but he likes them and you know depending on the type type of child that you have there i'm sure that one of your five is definitely a fan of physical touch and needs those hugs so you got to make sure you you deal with that and you and you help her to get the affirmation that she needs yeah now, who inspires you to be a better dad? My dad, of course, would be the easiest choice. You know, I only have one sister, so I don't, that relationship, I guess I got to watch it growing up. But as far as other dads that are kind of more, I guess, more more recent or something that I'm watching now, I have a buddy who had kids kind of later later in life. And I really look up to him. But having the opportunity to have kids, which include a set of twins, and how he's kind of managing life and work and kind of trying to balancing it, balancing it all is really impressive. I think, you know, I think that probably the number one answer should be, and, and what I definitely would feel strongly about is, is my wife. I mean, my wife is amazing at the kids and is loving them in a very different way than I am and is really intentional with, with how she takes care of them and is really way more perceptive than I am to where they are and what their needs are. And so, I mean, if I'm learning and kind of in awe of parenting from anyone, it's going to be her. And I, I obviously I can't do it the same way as her, but I really kind of have, she takes the lead for me there to really identify how to connect with them better, how to work with them better and how to be more encouraging. I feel like, you know, we're, we're opposites in a lot of ways. And I feel like sometimes she can be way more on the encouraging uplifting side and not enough on the other side of that spectrum of of just having expectations for the kids now i still think we do overall in general where we're absolutely on the same page but just our perspective and how we do that is a little bit different definitely having a partner in your life that can be that sounding board being someone that you can turn to to give you advice and kind of go back and forth and having that solid front is important no matter what the situation in your family is um, so it's it is important to have that now finally you've given a lot of different advice today but if you were to leave one piece of advice for dads today what would that piece of advice be? I guess I would I would feel like it's the same as I give to my kids, which so I'll, I'll quote, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Darren Hardy. He's written a couple books that I've read, but um, so he has a quote. Let me think about it here. You are responsible for what you do, don't do, or how you respond to what's done to you. And so as a dad, you're doing a couple different things. I feel like my 
primary position is to teach my kids how to drive. I can't give them drive, but I can I can try to show them what it looks like and really kind of be try to be an example for them. And I think that as fathers, they're going to emulate more of who we are than what we say we are. And so if that's the case, I mean, I'm primarily operating out of fear, I think, because I just, I feel like the weight of that responsibility is huge and it has to be a lot more than what I say. It has to be what I do and who I am. And I think that maybe a piece that gets missed and an important piece I would want to communicate to those dads is that starts with your wife. That starts with how you treat your wife and the respect and and how you love and cherish her is one of the primary ways that you're going to communicate to your children what their worth is, their value is, and what that relationship should look like. And really, you're dictating what what their expectations for their own relationships are going to be in the future. And so if you neglect that to focus on just the basic needs or wants of your kids, you're going to kind of miss the whole point. If you're neglecting your wife because you're so focused on making sure your kids' lives are the best they can be. The best they can be is having your wife there fully engaged, fully loved, fully appreciated for what she's doing. And if you miss that, those kids are going to have big problems You know, when they get older and they're looking for someone who's going to treat them as a second-class citizen so that you know their kids can get whatever they want. And so it might be a little deeper than you want, but I think that's something that's gotten really missed. And I definitely am not a good example of doing that well, but with somebody who's successfully failing at it over and over again, so that hopefully the outcome will be better in the future. Now, Chaz, I really appreciate you sharing everything today for being here today. Now, if people want to find out more about you, where can they go to find out more? Um, that's a good question. I hate our company website, so I don't want to send you there. Um, it's just really old. It looks like you know something from Microsoft Word in 1996. So we're going to avoid that. Uh, but you know, I would say Facebook is probably the best way to engage me personally. And I accept pretty much everyone that would send me a message or something like that. Also, I'm usually a little bit more engaged with LinkedIn because I use that professionally too to connect with other professionals business owners and entrepreneurs and personal email I never use. So I will give you my work email, but I have to warn you, it is ridiculously long. So I will start with that. And then as long as you guys have your pen ready, we'll, we'll go here. You could definitely give me a call or send me an email. So phone number is 517-230-9214 is my cell. You can call or text me. And then email is C-C-A-R-R-I-L-L-O at David, D-A-V-I-D, Chapman, C-H-A-P-M-A-N, agency, A-G-E-N-C-Y, dot com. And no, that does not fit on a full text line. The M has to go over because it's so many letters. So whenever I text my email address to someone, it doesn't even fit in one full text. It has to get bounced to two lines because that is so ridiculously long. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. I'll put a link in our notes today so everybody can get access to connecting with you. And I wish you all the best. Awesome. Thanks a lot. If you've enjoyed today's episode of the Dads with Daughters podcast, we invite you to check out the Fatherhood Insider. The Fatherhood Insider is the essential resource for any dad that wants to be the best dad that he can be. We know that no child comes with an instruction manual and most dads are figuring it out as they go along. And the Fatherhood Insider is full of resources and information that will up your game on fatherhood. Through our extensive course library, interactive forum, step-by-step roadmaps, and more, you will engage and learn with experts, but more importantly, dads like you. So check it out at fatheringtogether.org.
If you are a father of a daughter and have not yet joined the Dads with Daughters Facebook community, there's a link in the notes today. Dads with Daughters is a program of Fathering Together. Find out more at fatheringtogether.org. We look forward to having you back for another great guest next week, all geared to helping you raise strong, empowered daughters and be the best dad that you can be. We're all in the same boat And it's full of tiny screaming passengers We spend the time We give the lessons We make the meals We buy them presents Bring your A-game Cause those kids are growing fast The time goes by just like a dynamite blast Calling astronauts and firemen Carpenters and muscle men Get out and be the world to them Be the best dad you can be Be the best dad you can be